Welcome to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Nathan is a certified holistic cancer coach, 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker, competitive CrossFit athlete, and best-selling author of Becoming Cancer-Free. With nearly two decades in independent natural health research and education, Nathan shares his top solutions for preventing and overcoming disease while optimizing health and improving human performance. Each week, Nathan brings on highly renowned experts to share natural and holistic health science, strategies, and breakthroughs for living your healthiest, happiest, and most fulfilling life. And now, here's Nathan Crane. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Glad you are joining me for this really special interview with my friend Ryan Stranagle. So this was an interview I did with him a couple years ago. It's not available publicly online anywhere. So I wanted to do a whole podcast around this and make sure that this important life-saving information gets out to the world. Ryan Sternagel, he's an incredible person. Uh, him and his wife, Teddy, they uh, have founded the Stern Method. They've got an incredible website where they share all the resources they learned over the years in helping their child, who was diagnosed with cancer, had a big tumor, um, I believe on the brainstem or on the spinal cord. And uh, they share all the resources that they learned over the years in helping their child basically heal that cancer, uh, even when conventional medicine was trying to force them to go one way, they chose to go a holistic approach and uh, they were able to help their child heal. It's an incredible story. There's a lot of gold nuggets and, and good information and, and health education that I think everybody, whether you're a parent, uh, you want to be a parent, or you yourself are concerned about cancer, cancer prevention, cancer healing. There's a lot of good information in this interview that is going to be really valuable. So without further ado, here is Ryan Sternagel. Thanks for having me on, Nathan. It's good to be here. So going back to that day when you guys first learned about your son being diagnosed with cancer. What was that like? What was the experience like hearing that your son had cancer? I mean, what, what were you and your wife thinking at that time? You know, on the one hand, it was, it was obviously the worst day of, of our lives. Um, we, we kind of knew what was coming, you know, maybe back up to the, to, to what happened before the diagnosis in a minute, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, we, we had had a little time to prepare and, and know that the bad news was coming from that MRI, but um, it, it was really bad on the one hand, but on the other hand, I did have kind of a piece in just knowing that we were already, you know, I, I definitely didn't know as much then as I know now, but we had already just out of general interest, seen like the Brzezinski documentary and a couple documentaries on the Gerson therapy. And we're getting really into using natural medicine to solve just general ailments and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I was already well aware of the, the healing power of natural stuff, for lack of a better term. And, and I knew how much was out there. And I just, you know, both of us were fairly calm in that way of just knowing that we were going to do whatever it took for as long as it took and leave nothing on the table and, and until we, until we worked it out. And that's, you know, long story short, what happened? 
was that was that your like immediate thoughts was like oh yeah we can handle this we you know we'll figure it out or was there you know a sense of like fear oh my god i can't believe it and then you guys made that shift to more confidence what what was that like well yeah i mean it was it was kind of obviously i wouldn't say it was just it was ever just confidence without any fear you know what i mean but um like the the whole way was kind of immediately like immediately it was it was terrible obviously thoughts of the worst rush into your mind there's no way to there's no way to evade that but all the same like within seconds i was doing a mental checklist of everything i knew about and everyone i was going to contact and um yeah it, it just kind of it was kind of dual you know for a long time actually just battling those those two different mindsets um it's it's almost like for for a lot of the time i just you know was was too busy to you know to 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 let myself get down in the dumps like that just there was so much to do between all the fundraising and uh and research and trying to implement all this stuff and dealing with the hospital and so on and so forth so i like i just kind of let that whole thing take me but then every once in a while especially early on um you know I, i'm pretty I don't know. My wife sometimes describes me as like emotionally dense. <laughs> you know, it's not not a lot gets to me, and I, I did a pretty good job keeping it together. You know, even through that. But then every once in a while, I just break down, crying uncontrollably for uh, for a couple minutes, and then kind of dust myself off and and uh, and get back to it, so to speak. But yeah, originally there was you know there there was that fear, and there was also the added knowledge of you know, also something we can talk about, but just knowing that with, you know, with the way the, the laws or at least the way the laws are portrayed and child protective services and you know, the, the government and conventional medicine and all this stuff, you know, and I'm sure what most people watching this are going to be at least somewhat familiar with, you know, as far as the state is concerned, you don't necessarily have a choice as to what your course is going to be, at least from the conventional perspective when, um, you know, when, when your kid's diagnosed. And, and I was well aware of that going into it as well. So there was that added, you know, just kind of confounding factor of, oh my gosh, not only is has my child just been diagnosed with cancer, but, um, you know, this is gonna be an insane tightrope to walk between, you know, what I might want to do and, uh, you know, and, and what I'm being made to do. So it was, yeah, but then, you know, also kind of jumping ahead, but, uh, you know, th there is, <laughs> you know, like everything you do, Nathan, the integrative perspective, we're, we're putting on a, an event around an integrative approach to cancer right now. There, there certainly is a time and place for conventional medicine. Um, and, you know, when, when you see those original scans, and this was something that, yeah, made it, made it even worse, just, just looking at it and realizing what was going on was... So it was, the, the tumor was in his spine and uh, it, it, the cancer was called neuroblastoma. So it's cancer of the nervous system. And the, uh, it was, so it was inside of and growing out of his spine. And then there was a couple secondary tumors that all metastasized into his bones. The, the secondary ones metastasized into his hip bones. The, the big one, it was like, you know, in the spinal column. And uh, you, you literally couldn't see his spine on the MRIs. Like when, like from the down view where it's kind of going down the body, it was spine, 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 tumor. And that's, you know, it was all you could see. Um, hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. 
as a special thank you for tuning into this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I could only imagine. I mean, I can, with my two children, I could, you know, only sympathize with like how cha emotionally challenging that would be to experience that and then to try and hold it all together and then to try and stay focused and find solutions. It sounds like you, you know, found the right path, which is incredible. And we want to get into that, but still kind of at the beginning, what were... What were some of the choices you were considering as well as some of the biggest challenges you were facing in the very, you know, early days of uh, trying to help your son? Yeah. And I'll add on to the emotional piece. Just one more thing I thought of. Another kind of weird thing was, you know, when you, when you start looking into energy medicine and, um, you know, the whole interconnectedness of everything and a lot of the more woo woo side of holistic healing, but, again leaving nothing on the table and just the whole you know perspective that energy is contagious and your thoughts have you know big impact on on um you know just the outcome of of you know survivorship and all this stuff and how that could be you know your thoughts can be transferred to your kid or maybe not thoughts themselves but just energies and projection and whatnot so yeah going through like the most stressful time in our lives uh but then also at the same time trying to project the most woo-saw loving healing energy it was <laughs> It was another thing that was, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was and still is a trip, but, um, yeah, going back. So yeah, early on we were, we were certainly, like I said, very naturally inclined, knew a lot about alternative medicine, so on and so forth. Um, but then also didn't want to, you know, do anything just out of, dogma or principle or, or do anything or not do anything I should say out of you know out of those things and that was kind of the I don't know the rope we walked in the beginning because the hospital um, and all the regular doctors and everything obviously had nothing to say about true healing like really healing the body what it was that caused this in the first place um, you know I asked several times several different ways trying to get an answer out of them and you know they 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 confirmed they did some tests and, and sh it showed it wasn't genetic so they weren't trying to say it was a genetic you know caused disease but then when i said okay well what is it they uh their their only answer was luck just it was just you know just bad luck and i tried to ask why why then childhood cancer rates were I mean, going up right along with adults, but also you go back 100 years and childhood cancer, for all intents and purposes, didn't even exist. Uh, so something is clearly causing it. But yeah, yeah, they never had a good answer for that. But then on the other side, talking to all the, you know, the, the all, I was on the phone with a bunch of alternative cancer coaches and uh, more extreme end of naturopathic doctors and stuff like that. And, you know, the the sentiment I was getting from them was, no chemo, no way, no how. If it was my kid, I'd be, you know, in a car on the way to Mexico or on a flight out of the country or blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, but, but none of them could, aside from the fact, none of them could tell me how I was supposed to 
alternatively my son while on the run from the law and not able to use a credit card and none of the Mexican clinics would touch us with a 10 foot pole. Um, you know, aside from that, none of them could even really confidently tell me what they would do to guarantee or as close as you can get to a guarantee to, you know, shrinking this tumor in time to, to save his life. Cause that was the other factor was every medical professional that, that sees these scans today is amazed. Not only the writer's alive, but walking or, you know, cause he, he wasn't, that was kind of one of the, one of the red flags looking back is this was 11 days before his first birthday and he wasn't, he wasn't even crawling. He was barely pulling himself up. And, uh, you know, at the time we were first time parents, everyone told us that they develop at their own pace, but now we have a daughter and, uh, you know, writer's little sister. And that's clearly, you know, that was, he should have been crawling long before then. And that, that was why he had this massive tumor inside of his spine. So a lot of these kids, uh, I won't say a lot, but it, it does happen that, a spinal tumor doesn't get caught in time and they are either paralyzed or become incontinent or die from that or some combination of those things. And, you know, that's, that's not what we wanted either. Um, so like uh, immediately we, we just kind of started throwing everything we could at it from the alternative supplement perspective. Um, you know, initially just trying to get supplements into them by mouth, uh, you know, just doing a lot of research on PubMed, looking up, because there was, there was nothing on childhood cancer, you know, in terms of like the, the integrative side, the holistic side, uh, a lot of information on holistic approaches to cancer, but then when you try to do any of that type of research for childhood cancer, it just didn't exist. So it was me taking all of this adult stuff and then going to PubMed and, you know, kind of cross-referencing different supplements with neuroblastoma to see what kind of research I could get on it. And there actually is quite a bit of research from that side of things on PubMed and the actual published studies. You just have to go find it. So we were, uh, we were looking in those places. We were talking to different people. Um, what did, what did the doctors tell you? What was the recommended that the doctor suggested? And yeah, and this was kind of a, a source of contention throughout and it's actually what ended up you know, we, we started in Washington state and we're, we're here and we live in Utah now be, because of it. So initially they did within neuroblastoma, there's different, this was stage four. They, they confirmed pretty early on it was stage four, but then within the, uh, within stage four, there's different risk groups. There's high risk, there's intermediate risk, there's low risk. There's something called 4S, which is an entirely different thing. Um, they didn't have any of that information confirmed and those protocols are all very different. Uh, but they still wanted to start chemo yesterday and that just, you know, did not feel right to us. Again, not saying that we weren't going to do it, but wanting at least a couple days to get the most informed opinion. Um, Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love Healing Life. At HealingLife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors, and survivors. Exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at HealingLife.net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. 
And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. Go to healinglife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer, diet and nutrition and nutritional science, about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity, all of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net, and I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show. But uh, so, so they were originally they were originally saying it was going to be four rounds of, and we actually did get a get get a you know a, a plan out of them, um, and that was you know that that's what they said initially, and we actually did say thank you for the diagnosis. We're going to go home and, and get that second opinion before we before we proceed into any kind of in any kind of. We did get it before we left. We got a port placed. Um, actually, it was a it was a Hickman line at first. One of those tubes sticking out of the chest type of deal. That was uh, that was kind of a trip seeing seeing those masses, uh, several tubes just sticking out of your son's chest. But uh, yeah, we got the poor place. We got the biopsy, and then and then we did say we're going to go home and you know, call around and just make sure we're doing the best thing here. And that was met with a, a stream of different doctors and nurses and social workers all coming in trying to trying to get us not to go. I wasn't sure if there was going to be like security at the bottom or something or a, a cop or something, but. Uh, we we did go home, and then within a couple days, I think it was, it wasn't that night, but it was the next night. He uh, Ryder, Ryder was sleeping with us in bed, and all we we both woke up. I think my wife woke up first uh, to him just radiating heat, just super 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 hot. Uh, I, f I forget what the exact temperature was, but it was an alarmingly high temperature. Uh, and then all of a sudden he started throwing up all over the place. We didn't know, we didn't know what was going on outside of our son had just been diagnosed with cancer, stage four cancer. And now this is happening. And so we actually, you know, the very same hospital that had just taken all that to get out of 90 miles an hour on the freeway back to, and, uh, and it turned out that he had, uh, as a result of getting that line placed, gotten a bloodstream staph infection. Uh, which is another, you know, even more acutely life-threatening situation. So at that point, we were, you know, kind of, we, we'd been calling around all the different clinics and trying to figure out what to do. All that stuff was out the window. And it was, you know, we, we were in the hospital on IV antibiotics on a, you know, multi-week just clearing that staph infection. And knowing that we needed to do something to shrink that tumor, we did consult, consent to a round of chemo. And um, yeah, yeah, I got it, got it shrunken down and, and all that. And then, Went back home kind of thinking maybe we were going to get back to just going into things holistically and giving, giving the chemo a break. But at that point, it was made, it was made clear to us by, uh, you know, government representatives, I'll say, that, uh, you know, that wasn't an option, that we needed to keep on, keep on going with the program with the recommended course. Of so then it became like, you know, what is everything we can do to protect him from the while also doing all the stuff on the side that we think is you know therapeutic and curative and all that uh so it was it was researching all these different types of chemotherapies figuring out what types of supplements to take in conjunction with them that whole uh, that whole ball of wax and there you know for anyone watching this that does end up undergoing conventional because again there, there is a time and a place for everything and 
all that good stuff, I, I would really encourage anyone to dig deep into that. Um, you know, there, there's a few great books. Uh, gosh, why am I blanking right now? Naturopathic Oncology by Neil McKinney, uh, The Definitive Guide to Cancer by Lise Alshuler. Um, what's uh, Andrew Weil has a good one, naturopathic. Uh, gosh, why can't I think of his book? Anyway, Andrew Weil's got a great cancer book. So all of those, those three books, PubMed, all has a ton of great stuff on, you know, the best ways to mitigate like individual chemos. So we were digging into that. We were working with naturopathic oncologists. Um, you know, again, on that front, also getting rider, like IV vitamin C and intravenous. Um, it, was, it was IV vitamin C combined with DMSO is what we were doing at first. Um, so yeah, and then, and then it became, I, I don't know, at first they were saying it was four rounds. And then I said, well, if we hit these markers, excuse me, you know, what, what are you looking for in those four rounds? And they gave me some, you know, we're looking for a, at least a 50% reduction in tumor size and some other markers. I said, well, you know, can I get an MRI after two rounds? Because I think I, you know, I think we can get there in two rounds. And they said, well, that'll never happen. But, you know, if it makes you feel better, go ahead. We got the MRI after two rounds, and then it was, oh no, we never said that. It's it's going to be four rounds, and then uh, and then we got to four rounds, and and it was, where where'd you get four rounds from? Even though they'd been saying four from the start, uh, yeah, where did you get four rounds from? It's it's going to be eight, and maybe we need to start talking about radiation and and all this stuff. And all the while, Ryder's doing better and better and better. So it was like, just you know, where where is this coming from? Why are you changing things on us? And at that point, uh, in air quotes, I needed to to move for work, and we uh, we moved to Utah. It was it was uh, you know kind of kind of an educated guess, but just knowing that this is a natural, health friendly state, but also a you know more personal liberty oriented state than say Washington State is uh, politically, it was it was worth it to make it the trip. And that was this was actually that this hospital was one of the places that we had called for for a second um, you know conventional opinion. And they gave us the the same basic, you know, yes, we would do chemotherapy, but I, I, I still got a better vibe. And Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I want to take a quick second and let you know about something really special I recently updated. I think uh, you might benefit greatly from something I think you might enjoy and want to take a look at. And it is my book called The Panacea Cleanse. It's a powerful 12-day plant-based detoxification and healing guide. It's already hit number one in four categories on Amazon. There's thousands of people that have done this cleanse, and I've read so many testimonials from it. Let me read you one really quick. Aaron said, I did the Panacea Cleanse and followed your instructions closely. I had amazing results. I stayed healthy while everyone around me, my kids and family, were getting very ill from a virus. I also lost some weight, and my menstrual cycles are much less painful. I also don't have bad headaches anymore. Thanks for the information you put out. She's just one of thousands who have gained tremendous benefit from this cleanse. If you want to improve the quality of your life and your health, clean out your organs, clean out your digestive tract, help lose weight and burn fat, and basically give you more energy, help you feel alive, go check out the Panacea Cleanse, P-A-N-A-C-E-A, -A -A, the Panacea Cleanse on Amazon. It's like 12 bucks or something like that. And you can follow it day by day. It's got a recipe list. It's got a shopping list. It's got everything you need in there to follow this powerful cleanse. It took me about two years to create it. My wife and I have done it multiple times. It's been amazing in our own lives and I'm happy to share it with you. So uh, go check it out. If you're interested, the Panacea 
cleanse. It's on Amazon. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. When we got here, Ryder was so far along that the new team, you know, it's not like Met Utah is just some bastion of medical freedom where you can do whatever you want, but you know, there's, there's stories of CPS type stuff here. But uh, the, the new team was okay with, with taking a wait and see approach. And yeah, not, not necessarily saying we're, we're just quitting chemo no matter what, but saying we'll actively monitor it. We'll, we'll be in here for MRIs every couple of days, every three months at first, and then every four months, and then six months, and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, taking a really active monitoring role, and from the conventional standpoint, and then obviously just going, going bonkers, uh, you know, holistically, and that was four and a half years ago, and I, I guess you could say we've been taking a wait and see approach ever since. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've been taking a really proactive approach yeah. as wait well. And see from the, right? Wait and see from the conventional side. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. And then the proactive from the integrative, natural, holistic side and uh, with the support and I'd say some, you know, confidence from the medical side, I think is supportive, especially with a child. I mean, you know, getting those scans, getting a medical doctor who supports uh you know your decisions to say hey we're not going to rush on this let's see if what we're doing over here is actually helping and working and then actually having a medical doctor on your side to support with that i mean that's so critical i couldn't even imagine i mean i i can't imagine what that's like to be in a hospital and have that pressure because when we had our daughter uh in oceanside california we had her in the hospital and when we signed when we filled out all the paperwork originally uh we let them know you know we wanted to uh have the birth as natural as possible you know we wanted to have like different options available while we're you know have a midwife there have all this you know just kind of a more natural approach no drugs no chemicals no um painkillers all of that you know <laughs> bless my wife's heart you know how tough that is going through that experience but Teddy did the same thing yeah my wife yeah, but the moment that, um, you know, she was in labor for too long from their perspective, um, which was probably uh, maybe 12 hours, they really started pushing C-section. They really started pushing um, uh, epi uh, the epidural plus the, the, the thing that forces the contractions. I forget what that drug is called. Um, Pitocin, and they were, they were, and then when we started denying it, saying no, we want a natural, it's in our paperwork. That's what they did. They sent in the workers, yeah. and they sent in like five doctors and nurses, and it was like they're really pressuring us to, you know, do it that way. And it was just like, and I said, look, we came here because, uh, you know, you guys said that you'd honor what we wanted to do, and they said, well, we don't care. You can find another hospital, and I was, they're <laughs> like, you do it our way, you get out. We're just like. You know, going through all that emotional intensity while your wife's pregnant, giving yeah. birth, and it's just, you know, it, it's insane. That, thing and, yeah. It's insane that we have to do that. That there are still hospitals, and because there are integrative clinics, there are integrative doctors, there are medical doctors who are much more open, who do say, okay, yeah, we want to support your decisions, we want to support your health decisions, we want to be here as a support, not as a you know, as a military enforcement. And I think those are everyone tuning in. Those are the doctors. If you want to go an integrative approach and or have medical support on your side, find a doctor who believes in your, uh, 
what you want to do and someone who really supports you. And like you said, you might have to move states, which, which sucks, but you know, it's one of the things that you might have to do if, if that's what's needed. Yeah. I mean, especially for adults, especially there's, there's no reason uh, not to find a doctor that, that is willing to work with you and, you know, really get on board with, with the course that you want to take. Um, children, it's a bit tougher. You know, we, we did have, there's like one hospital per state or even per group of states that, that sees children with cancer. So it's uh yeah, if you want, if you want a new doctor, you got to move, but um you know, with adults, it's like, there's, there's so many different oncologists out there and, and so many of them that at least are, you know, I go to these, uh, I just went to the Society for Integrative Oncology, which uh, the conference, which is kind of like, you know, the very milk toast end of, of integrative doctors conferences. But, uh, you know, they're, they're all there, at least like interested in learning about integrative stuff. And there was, there was hundreds of them. So, I mean, they're, they're certainly out there. Um, but yeah, just, it's funny, you know, you talk about your experience in the hospital there. I kind of, I kind of glossed over it, but man, yeah, we, we had a, we had a visit from the director of hospital patient relations, uh, in our room and like a team of, of social workers and all that. And this was back at, you know, when we were about to do the first round of chemo after we got the staph infection, um, because, you know, the words out of her mouth were something like, you know, we need to, we need to be sure that this room feels safe to, uh, to the staff and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel safe right now. And, uh, and I just looked down and I was like, what have I done to make anyone feel unsafe? Cause it was, I was, you know, going back to doing everything we could before, before the chemo hit so we could, you know, do everything we could to protect him. Um, again, this was a one year old. It's not like, it's not like he, uh, you know, you could just tell him to swallow a bunch of capsules and, and all this. We were we were doing the best we could by mouth, but it was clearly not, you know, not a long-term strategy. And I, I saw all these kids with with feeding tubes. There was all these pictures of kids with feeding tubes, but the thing was, they were all like emaciated, and uh, you know, it was clearly very very late in the treatment and all that. And you know, that that was when they couldn't eat from from appetite and all that. And I said, well, you know, I want one of those feeding tubes now, and so I can get all this stuff into them you know, now, and, and that, that was like a really big fight. Like I was demanding that we get a feeding tube put in and they, they couldn't understand why I wanted a feeding tube put in before he looked like garbage. And, uh, you know, so I kept demanding it, kept demanding it, kept asking very specific questions of the nurses, like, who do I need to talk to? Where is that person? Can we talk, contact them now? Uh, and all this stuff. And that was, that was just too much for him. And, um, but yeah, I ended up, ended up winning that, you know, winning that fight, so to speak, and, and did get the feeding tube put in. And then from there, it's like we had a, in the hospital room, we had a juicer, um, a big cooler full of produce. We were, had like a juicing operation going on. We had a closet full of supplements. Like every time the, you know, every time every, like the nurses and doctors left the room, it was, you know, juicing and emptying capsules into the juice and then, you know, syringing all that into his feeding tube. And, um, yeah, gosh, had like a you know big Berkey water filter, so we, we didn't have to drink the you know the, the poison tap water, and we're making Whole Foods runs and you know getting more stuff. Had a little rice cooker, we were steaming that vegetables. So, yeah, I mean it's you know even in a conventional setting, um, if you really put your mind to it, there is there is a whole lot you can do. You don't have to just um, you know the, you're definitely offered the path of least resistance the whole way through, and you know so it it does take some 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 thought and some intention and some will to actually carry that you know carry your desires out but 
you know, if, if every step of the way you're really thinking is, is this little part of what they're offering, you know, really what I want, um, you know, you can, you can, you can avoid a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that gets pushed on you. Even if you do, even if you do end up going for some, you know, primary, it's like, that's not the only part of conventional. You know, you, you, you just talk about the chemo going into it, but then you get into it and it's all these secondary drugs that are offered or you're told you need to have, um, that, you know, either deal with side effects or deal with, uh, you know, different markers that they're trying to hit to stay on the chemo schedule. Like if your counts get too low, they'll like, uh, for your white counts, if those get too low, they'll offer you GCSF granulocyte colony, colony stimulating factor. Um, a couple brand names of that are Neupogen and Nulasta, but you know, they're right in the insert, like where, you know, tiny prints way in the back, all that. But, one of the side effects for that thing is, uh, is, is leukemia, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then I also found research on it stimulating existing cancer cells, making them more aggressive and even, you know, specific to neuroblastoma. I found research on it making neuroblastoma cancer cells more aggressive. Um, so, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we found out pretty quick that we, Again, didn't have a choice at first as to whether or not we were going to do the, the primary treatments, but we did put our foot down for all that other stuff and said, you know, we're, we're not doing that. And it's not like we just didn't do that and call it good. We found natural ways to, you know, if, if his red counts were low, we didn't go with whatever they were offering. I played Dr. Google and, you know, naturally boost red blood cell counts. And I found, you know, beet juice and whatever supplements there were. And I gave him those supplements and his counts came back up. And it's fine. <laughs> so know, was your, was... was your doctor in, in Utah then? Were, so were they fine with you doing that? I mean, did they know you were doing that? Were you doing that secretly? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's always been, we, we learned very, like in, in, in Seattle, obviously we learned very early on that, you know, the, the less we really talked about them with them, the better. And it's, you know, some people will call that reckless, but uh, we were consulting with a naturopathic oncologist who turned out to be one of the most revered naturopathic oncologists. He's, he's the guy giving the keynotes at, at, all the, uh, at all the naturopathic oncologist conferences. We didn't know that at the time. It's, it's Dr. Paul Anderson. Um, but, uh, you know, and he actually knew about all these different interactions and whatnot, whereas they would just say no to everything. Um, but in Utah, you know, yeah, they, they knew that that we were doing the alternative stuff. I don't know if they put much credence into it. They're, they're certainly, they're, they're certainly of the mindset that it couldn't hurt, which is, which is great. And, and maybe some of it is helping and it's just not, it's something that they don't know about and they think a lot of it's unproven, but that doesn't mean that they're under the impression that none of it works. If they, whether they put any stock into that in Ryder's case, I don't know. I think it was probably more of just that they were at least willing to treat Ryder as an individual. Cause once we got to Utah and he pulled up like the original plans, it was, it was always supposed to be eight rounds from that, you know, from the day he was diagnosed when they made the initial protocol, it was eight rounds of chemotherapy. But uh, you know, I guess they were just telling us whatever we needed to hear, whatever they thought we needed to hear to get to the next round is why that, you know, four and the two came in. Um, but you know the, the you know the, the Utah team was at least willing to to say maybe that four rounds of chemo was enough for Ryder and uh, and that's that's all we could really ask for from a conventional team and that's what we got. And, 
So yeah, yeah, it was great. So did you end up going through, did Ryder end up going through all eight rounds of chemo then? No, no. Yeah. That's, that's like I said. So when, when we got to Utah, he was, he was only at four and, and after four we stopped. So that was, that was halfway through the protocol that he was supposed to have. So he got out of at least half of the treatment that, that he would have had, had we, uh, had we stuck around there. Plus you were saying they were suggesting potentially radiation after the Yeah, they started, you know, well, they, they just, it was a couple offhand comments like that. And it was enough to be like, whoa, this is, this is taking a really crazy direction. So, yeah. Man, the, the persistence and the dedication, the commitment that, uh, that, that you guys, you and your wife, I'm sure have uh, really pursued throughout this journey is, you know, really commendable to you. And, you know, for other parents who might be experiencing similar situations, I mean, what, what would you say to them? Where did your commitment and dedication to this come from? Obviously the love for your son, but to this just sticking true to, you know what, we're going to find alternative natural approaches and we're going to fight through this. Like, where does that come from, from you? And how can other parents uh, learn from that to support them? You know, I, I, it's funny, this is going to be like a, a really seemingly bad example or analogy, but it's almost like, you know, I, I was, a, I was an outside sales guy and uh, that was, that was what I did. You know, leading up to the diagnosis and for several years after the diagnosis before we you know, made the jump to full time doing this online thing, whatever, whatever it is you want to call what we do now. But um, I, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of the analogy of just like you have a goal in mind and there's, there's going to be all these different roadblocks and you kind of have to just piece together, you know, okay, I'm completely blocked off at this, at this angle. Um, you know, I need to come around the back and, you know, in sales terms, it's like find somebody else in the office to talk to or whatever. But that was kind of, you know, it, I, I hate to like simplify it too much, but it just seemed like common sense to me at the time. And it still does today is, you know, and, and I think it's, I think for me and like for, for my wife and I, it was, it, what, like we were already kind of past a lot of the I don't know, uh, mind control, I guess, for lack of a better term, that, that we're brought up in today, that, you know, the, the doctor knows best, and the, the government's here to protect you, and all this stuff. We were, we were already past that, and knew that, you know, that that wasn't the case. So I think where a lot of people get hung up is that, you know, yes, they are finding out about some of this integrative, holistic stuff, but it's like, still not really adding up that, well, you know, I really should have heard about this from a doctor or whatever. Um, you know, we, that, that was already, that was already long gone for us. You know, Ryder wasn't vaccinated when he was born. We, we were already, you know, went down that road doing all that research. Um, and so, you know, when we did get the diagnosis, we were already at a point where it's like, I, I know that most of what I've been told my whole life isn't true. I don't know everything that is true, but I, I know it's it's not what I've been told, or at least it's more than I've been told. Um, so I mean, I, yeah, I guess that's even the better the better example or you know explanation is just knowing that there's so much out there that I don't even know about yet. And even if you know we start doing all this stuff and it doesn't work, or you know it's not working as well as it should, or that, that we would want, then there's 
a whole nother world of stuff that we haven't tried yet. You know, <laughs> like on your, on, on the event that we're putting on right now, I'm sure on this event, there's, you know, there's, there's more stuff thrown out there than, than any person can do it at one time. And that's, that's a whole art form in and of itself is <laughs> actually trying to, to wade through all this stuff. But, um, but yeah, just, just knowing that, you know, why would you leave anything on the table when it's your, when it's, when it's our son's life on the line or for an adult, when it's your life on the line, probably, you know, I wished a million times and it just doesn't work like this, but that, you know, that I could take the cancer from me or from Ryder and, you know, give it to me because then it would be so much easier. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have to do all this stuff to deal with, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the thing is just, just knowing that, uh, you know, as, as long as there's, a breath in his lungs that that we're going to be doing everything we can because you know what what else is there what else is there to do yeah well it sounds like you approached it with just a really open mind uh, in addition to the commitment to finding the the best solution and yeah i think your background of education and natural health obviously supported a lot i think that's the biggest thing people tuning in here is you know, education, when it comes to preventing or healing any disease, that's king. I mean, educating ourselves from, as you said, all the different options, modalities, solutions, and then finding an integrative approach to put them together. Because there's never, just like there's never one, only one cause for cancer. I mean, that's a very rare situation, right? Usually cancer is caused by a multiple uh conglomerate of different situations of environmental factors and toxins and food and uh you know nutrition or lack of nutrition and our thinking and our beliefs and usually almost always it's a combination just on the reverse side of that it's almost always a combination or an integrative approach that you're going to get the best results from right that if you just say i'm only going to do vitamin c uh, intravenous vitamin C, well, guess what? You're only going to get the benefits of that and not the thousands of other potential benefits from the thousands of other phytonutrients and natural chemicals from plants. And, you know, then, yeah, in exercise and meditation and all the other things that are scientifically validated to help prevent and reverse cancer. And you're missing out on all those other benefits. So, yeah, finding. Yeah, and sorry. Um... Just, yeah, yeah, just to like, you know, double down on what you're saying, we, that's, that was the approach that we took. And then it was like, how do we do this in the, like the most effective way possible from an execution standpoint? Because, uh, you know, like I said, it is you know, like you were saying, it, it's a mess trying to, you know, figure out, okay, like I'm open to all these different things, but now there's, there's too many things to choose from, or, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting all this stuff, but like, how do I actually implement it all? So, so what were some of those things that you found or believed or have come to find to be the most effective that, that helped your son overcome cancer? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I suppose it's not to give too much of a non-answer, but it's like all the stuff that's probably being <laughs> discussed on this event. Uh, you know, we, we, at any given time, he was on, I'd say at least 50 different supplements. And that's, you know, there are different schools of thought that say that's, that's overkill and, and you don't need all that. And some of that's even going to be maybe cross, um, you know, working against each other and that sort of thing. And, and we did do our best to work with uh, naturopathic oncologists and integrative doctors who do specialize in supplements and 
you know, it's just that we kept on saying, well, what if we had this? 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 And, you know, most of the time they'd say, okay, you can do that. What, what, um, what were some of those supplements that you were using? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, early on it was, it was a lot of the, a lot of the classics, I guess you could say, you know, we, we were doing, um, in addition to like the intravenous vitamin C, I wanted to make sure he was getting a good whole food vitamin C supplement to, uh, you know, to get all the cofactors because sodium ascorbate isn't necessarily, you know, there, there's more to vitamin C than just, than just the ascorbic, I should say ascorbic acid, but it's delivered in sodium ascorbate. Um, gosh, we were on like different, all the, all the different botanical supplements between, you know, curcumin, resveratrol, uh, green tea extracts, um, you know, all those guys, we were doing a lot of aloe arborescence at the time. Um, gosh, healing was a big one that, that goes, you know, flies under the radar a lot. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with it, but it's, uh, it's, it's Heelan 951. It's H-A-E-L-A-N, I believe. And that is a, uh, it's a fermented soy product that has, I, I think something crazy, like 50 pounds worth of soybeans in, in each bottle. But, um, and you know, obviously then you, I thought soy was bad for cancer, but you know, the, the main thing in there is, is genistein. And you look up genistein in combination with cancer on PubMed and you might get even more studies than, well, probably not more than curcumin, but close. It's, uh, you know, there's really compelling research on genistein. It's combined with, that's not the only, the only um, uh, flavonoid in there. There's, uh, there's a few other prominent ones, but, but yeah, there, there's a ton of research on that product in combination with, with pretty much, you know, every type of cancer, even, even, um, you know, conventional side of side effect mitigation, all that good stuff. So we were giving a lot of that. Uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, stuff that, might not be as um, well known. Uh, B propolis is another one that you know that I that, that hasn't really made the blogosphere, so to speak. But uh, you know, I, I wrote an article on it because I you know I, I thought it needed to be written. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's a ton of research on B propolis out there in cancer. Uh, so yeah, we were giving them a lot of that. Uh, the Natura Nectar brand is is what we were using there. Um, Gosh, like, I, I don't know, like what, Life One, that, that liposomal product that has uh, you know, quite a few different anti-cancer compounds in it. A lot of different, you know, um, blends like that. There's a product called Calibrate that we really like. It's, uh, it's really high on sulforaphane is the, is the big thing, which uh, is, is another thing that's starting to get a lot of good attention for, for cancer. Um, but it, it's got, I, I don't know, you, it, sulforaphane is the main thing, but then it's got, you know, curcumin, mushrooms. And we, that's another one. We were doing a whole ton of different, you know, whole ton of different medicinal mushrooms, kind of rotating through different blends and then different single mushroom products and and all that. Um, gosh, yeah, it was uh, what poly MVA we were doing a lot of that. Um, so yeah, it became like what I was starting to get into earlier. And now that I've just kind of listed off this big slew of supplements, is it was it was more of like once once we got our feet under us and you know got out of just the, the throwing everything up against the wall phase it was okay like you know what are all these different products doing and it, it became more of putting everything into kind of individual categories or, or buckets so to speak so it's like you know we know we want the direct anti-cancer action of you know causing apoptosis or, or hitting the right epigenetic 
triggers to turn on cancer or tumor suppressor genes and turn off oncogenes, that sort of thing. So kind of put that whole thing in, a, in one bucket. We want the immune system to be continually, um, you know, uh, what's the word, modulated to, to its proper state. So, you know, put all those immune products in another bucket. We want the, you know, the metabolism, mitochondria to be as functioning high as we can. So put all those products in another bucket. And then it became kind of this thing where it's, okay, we've got all these different categories and then all of our favorite products, um, you know, within each category. And so now it's more of a system where we're rotating through all of these products within each category. Um, one, because you can't afford to do them all at once. And then two, it's not even good to just stay on the same supplement, um, you know, indefinitely because then, you know, cancer is smart. It finds a way around it and that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, the, the system we kind of worked out was nice in the fact that, you know, we were continually rotating through all this stuff and then not spending a zillion dollars on, on supplements, maybe only a billion, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. And that's just, you know, plug for the plug for the website, the stern method.com and the, and the, what we use pages. Um, you know, I, I've done my best to kind of recreate that, that mess that I just described. That's mostly in my head, like, you know, in written form where you can actually, you know, actually kind of see what more of what I'm talking about. So, so in yeah. addition, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you um, really took the supplementation seriously, which I think is uh, critical for anybody with cancer, whether it's child cancer or, or adults with cancer. In addition to supplements, what changes did you make um, with, uh, with Ryder's uh, diet, actually? Did you make any big changes with any foods? Well, specifically? Um... Yeah, and I'll add on to the supplements real quick. The one, the one other kind of you know factor in doing the research was uh, was research in the specific cancer, especially for like that that epigenetic component. So you know, back to what I talked about, going back to you know PubMed and running all of these different magic herbs that you find online with you know what can I find on an actual neuroblastoma? And I encourage people, no matter what kind of cancer they're dealing with, to uh, to do that because it you know it starts to narrow down the field or at least gives you an idea of what you want to focus on so the the big change with his diet was that he actually had a diet because um, he was uh he, he was just breastfed up until that point so that was you know um yeah he was he was just breastfed and one of the reasons for that was obviously we you know we were on kind of the as natural as possible kick and that's kind of what we were finding was you know, no rush to introduce foods and that sort of thing. But, uh, but then also when we had tried to introduce foods, any, anything solid, he was gagging back up. And uh, it, it turned out that when we were getting all of these initial scans and whatnot, that it was actually because he had an entirely separate heart condition. He was born with a double aorta. So we, we know that the main valve coming off your heart, we usually only have one. Ryder had, had two. Uh, Fun fact, when you're, when you're in the womb, I guess there, we have multiple aortas, and then for whatever reason, they all kind of dissolve off or, or turn into their own pathways, and, and then you're just left with the one, but very rarely, uh, exponentially more rarely than the neuroblastoma, as it was described to us, um, <laughs> you, you, you still got two in there. So they were, they were compressing his esophagus and his trachea, and, um, you know, and, and not allowing him to the food would get down to that point and then you gag it back up. So enter the feeding tube. Um, Ryder went from, it, it's, you know, funny is the wrong word, but he went from like never having an Advil you know, for that first year to having chemotherapy. Uh, he also went from, 
never having anything outside of breast milk to all of a sudden now we've got this feeding tube and we're like I started to describe we're doing a lot of juicing um ton of juicing and it was you know kind of in in the early days or even even today really following kind of a a Gerson-esque uh you know approach it was we, we didn't follow the the Gerson protocol to to a T um but you know we we did do the the carrot apple thing in combination we were throwing in like you know ginger and curcumin and and, uh, and stuff like that and then doing just entirely just more green juices with just whatever you know watercress and kale and uh maybe yeah, cucumber and then throw in the, ger the the turmeric and the ginger again for good measure and and all that stuff um so yeah we i mean he, we, he went from having nothing to having all this all this juice uh and that's you know early on um his diet was entirely liquid because because it was that that's the only way he could handle it was the feeding tube and so we were we were kind of you know piecing together okay now he's getting older and so we really should be having food but he still can't and we could get the surgery but we don't want to subject him to another surgery while you know he's, he's still trying to recover from cancer so we were uh we were basically you know he he was on a liquid diet and we were starting to mix mess around with different uh you know different greens powders and protein powders and and stuff like that just to uh you know just uh just to make his you know nutritional needs as he got older work um but you know it did it, it all worked out when, when he got old enough when we did get the uh i'm trying to think so so a year in we got the surgery uh to to correct the double aorta and I, th I think he must have already been able to, no, actually, no, I, I take it back. We were blending it and putting it through the tube, but uh, we were doing the, the Budwig protocol as well. Uh, the, the cottage cheese and flax oil mixed together. That was another thing we stayed on for, for quite some time. It's, you know, everyone says the same thing about it. It sounds ridiculous until you actually start looking into it. And then, oh my gosh, there's actually a lot of research and testimonial behind it and that sort of thing. Um, we eventually stopped that just because from a long-term perspective, it's really hard to find cottage cheese that is both organic and raw. It doesn't really exist commercially. Um, you know, maybe, and you know, as far as like chronic dairy usage from a long, from a long-term perspective, I don't, you know, so another thing that, uh, you know, we, we kind of tapered off on for, for multiple reasons, but you know, and that's kind of, it's kind of another thing is not letting one, dogma or or you know way of thinking about eating or anything way of thinking about anything restricts you know your thought process in the moment it's like you know yeah even when we started budwig i was having these thoughts of this isn't really maybe the optimal i mean obviously we're getting organic cottage cheese but it's not raw and you know there's all this and then you know no it sounds like dairy usage isn't isn't the best from a long-term perspective but at the end of the day there is all this research and and testimonial on, on budwig so for a short time um let's do it and so yeah he was he was getting a lot of budwig early on and uh gosh just you know a lot of smoothies that was the other thing is okay not the juicer but but the blender blending up all of that same stuff and so yeah that was that was kind of the diet was juice smoothies and budwig <laughs> Yeah, my son's three, he's going on four, and his primary diet, about 70% is still smoothies because um, he's still just so used to it. And my wife makes, you know, fresh, really nutrient-rich, diverse smoothies uh, for him every day, and he just drinks it from his 
you know, from his bottle and, and he's, um, cause she, he was breastfed for the first year, a little over a year, I think. And then moved to smoothies cause we wanted to get him as much nutrients as possible. And now we're trying to get him to eat more. And so he's eating more, but, um, but at the same time, he still wants that smoothie all day. And, and I have no problem with it. I mean, if he wants to, you know, stay on that as long as he can, it's fantastic. Cause he's getting, oh, yeah. I mean, we're putting, you know, nuts and seeds and berries and kale and, you know, uh, whole foods kind of, uh, not from whole foods, you know, whole food protein supplement powders and, you know, loading with vitamins, nutrients, minerals. So it's like, um, and him, he can drink it. So, you know, that's another great option, obviously chewing and getting the fiber, you know, uh, especially when you're dealing with fruits is super important, you know, long-term as well. But if, if all you can do is smoothies and juice, it works, you know, <laughs> it definitely yeah. can work. Um, how long did it take for you to find out that, um, uh, he no longer had cancer? So again, he started out with the, the, the massive tumor in his spine, the secondary tumors and all metastasis. Uh, over time, the metastasis went away. The secondary tumors went away. The primary tumor did, it, it shrunk a lot when we were on conventional. Um, but then after we stopped, it continued to shrink, 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 shrink for, you know, several scans out after that. And then at some point it just kind of leveled off um, and, uh, and remained that way. It has remained that way, not really doing much of anything for anything of note. Anyway, it ticked up, um, you know, a little bit at one point, but then it stopped and it's, it could, it could have been his, him growing. It could have been some benign cells hanging around in there, but um, but yeah, then it just entirely stopped altogether again. So that, that's been the past three years. I'd, I feel pretty good about calling it scar tissue at this point. Uh, we're now that we're a little ways out and actually starting to get a few extra dollars in our pocket. It's, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to start exploring all the different, you know, there's that, there's a book, uh, cancer free. Are you sure by Jenny Herbacek, which, which lists out all the different, you know, I don't know if you want to call them alternative blood tests, but yeah, different different tests you can take to 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 get different markers on on you know what the cancer activity may or may not be in your body. Um, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it's literally been okay. Do I buy another you know five bottles of supplements or or get this test? And things are still going in the right direction. And I want to you know something something good is going on here, so I'm just going to keep that going. Um, so it was, you know, the, the supplements or the, or the, the IV vitamin C or whatever always, always went out. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that pretty soon and, and figure out which tests are best for, again, like all of those different, all those different tests, they'll tell you if it's good for breast cancer or stomach cancer or whatever, but they're not going to tell you if it's good for neuroblastoma. So it'll be me going back to PubMed and saying, okay, what enzyme is it? Or what, you know, protein is it that they're testing for? And is that prevalent in neuroblastoma? And I'll, you know, figure that out. And then... Well, that's, a, that's an important thing to note. Um, both Dr. Thomas Lodi and Paul Leandertse in, in our film, in my film, The Integrative Perspective, both of them talk quite a bit about this, that you know, even if you have a tumor, um, one, the tumor is extending your life because it's actually wrapping the cancer cells, right? And helping to, your body is trying to do something with it, actually. So it's not like you have to get rid of the tumor as we think when you're told in conventional medicine, it's like, we got to get it out of there as quick as possible. Actually, if the tumor doesn't continue growing and it's not limiting your quality of life, like it's not in your brainstem and it's paralyzing you or something like that. Um, then actually you can live 
a long normal life, especially if it stays the same or is reducing over time. So, you know, that, that, that fear-based approach that you have to get it out as quick as possible is not necessarily always the, the best approach, you know. Um, some cases, yeah, surgery is needed and, you know, or, you know, some IPTs and some potentiated therapy, really low dose targeted chemotherapy to help reduce it. Sometimes, you know, the reduction of the tumor quickly, you know, could be really important. Um, but just letting people know that just because you have a tumor doesn't necessarily mean it's actually going to impact the quality of your life at all. So the fact that it's shrunk and it's been stable and, um, and sounds like you're, you know, your son is walking and, and jumping and running. I mean, is he mobile now? Is he? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, since, since that it did like impact his nerves that initially he, he was barely moving his right leg. And so it's, you know, there's been a lot of physical therapy and getting them freaking shoe inserts and you know all this other stuff that, that's come along with it but uh but yeah i mean the more the older he gets the more he's catching up to his peers and even you know starting to get better at some things than his peers and so it's it's been really neat to watch yeah and it's you know it's such a such a small percentage of what it was to start and like i said it just hasn't really done anything but yeah i feel good calling it scar tissue at this point i, I still would like to go would like that scar tissue to go away for peace of mind but um all the same you know it's uh, it, our conventional oncologist even says you know he when especially when kids start out with a tumor that big it is more common than not that some scar tissue remains and you know he checks in with kids 15, 20 years later that still have some of that scar tissue. So yeah, this is what it is. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, the fact that you guys have gone through all this, I mean, I'm sure you've learned so much um, along the way. And now you're, you know, you've been sharing this through your website, the Stern method, through your summits, through a lot of the work you're doing. I think, I think that's incredible and uh, appreciate you for, for stepping up and helping other people who, you know, are, or experiencing similar circumstances, so or want to prevent uh, these circumstances the best the best that they can. So, um, talking about you, you have a summit um, called the Anti Cancer Revolution. Um, tell me about that. So, what's the main focus? Anti Cancer Revolution. What does that mean? And what are some of the things that are being shared on the summit? I, I like to think it's a it's a revolution against dogma. Um, you know, from both sides, uh, you know, the, the alternative, because even when you get to the, the holistic, you know, and the, the, the holistic side of the fence on cancer, there's still like the extreme alternative, all natural, all the way. I'm not going to step foot in a conventional establishment whatsoever. There's that side of the spectrum. And then there's more the, you know, the integrative working with conventional therapy, you know, doing what's needed, at least from that perspective, when it's needed and in the best educated way possible and that sort of thing. And, you know, those, those have been the two worlds that, that I have had my feet in from day one, because I mean, you know, the truth about cancer, it was, it was originally called the quest for the back then that came out like, I want to say 10 days after Ryder was diagnosed and we were already you know, doing all this research leading up to those 10 days. But, um, you know, that was, that was huge, you know, it was like gave me all these different doctors and, and supplements and all this stuff to, to go look into. 
it was it was great but then you know then i started going to these naturopathic oncologist conferences where they're talking about all that alternative stuff too but then they're also talking about the best ways to naturally mitigate chemo side effects and reduce toxicity protect from toxicity uh, you know how even make conventional and more efficacious different dosing strategies than than what you hear in the hospital be it low dose or even um you know, just different timings and a lot of interesting stuff brought up there. So I, I can't, you know, I, I don't remember how many times like fasting got brought up as something that's not only not only therapeutic for, for cancer in and of itself, but can protect healthy cells from chemotherapy while making cancer cells more vulnerable, all this stuff. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, quite similar to the work you're doing, Nathan, is, you know, like those two sides of the, those two sides of the spectrum tend to stay on opposite sides of the spectrum like a lot of those people especially the integrative people don't necessarily want to be seen with the the you know in the same room with the alternative people so to speak um so it was a challenge getting getting all them together but uh but i think because of you know us my wife and i and our mission and our cause and our story and what we're doing you know that maybe quite a few of them are willing to step outside of their comfort zone so it's uh it's kind of those two different worlds in one summit and it's uh it's yeah I, i'm really happy with the way that it turned out there's a lot of really good information from a lot like a very diverse set of perspectives on you know how to how to approach cancer i love it i mean that's why i'm really excited to you know be sharing this with our community as well and sharing your summit encouraging people to to watch it because that's the exact thing one of the the main things that uh inspired me to do the integrative perspective documentary film was because i saw this war happening between alternative and conventional and and i recognize that like why would we be fighting against each other if the main intention is to help people if the main intention is to help people why don't we learn how to work together and then i found out years ago that there are people doing exactly that it's called integrative medicine and they say hey let's take the best of all worlds and use it for the intention of getting the best results to help people and i think that's the approach you know moving forward i think that's the future of medicine it's looking at it from a holistic integrative perspective and saying look medical conventional is not bad they're not bad people they they care about you they care about doing good things they, many of them are simply just not taught natural medicine that that's it um but when they learn about it oftentimes they become an integrative doctor <laughs> that's yep. they change their they change what they do um and they change their approach and i know you've met many and i've met many who've done that and so you know learning as much as we can it's i'll say it a million times it's all about educating ourselves it's learning as much as you can from the medical side of things what's actually uh, effective as well as the natural side of things what's going to be most effective and then how do they work together and complement each other so I love that you're putting on this summit focusing exactly on that because people tuning in are going to learn so much from all sides of the conversation and that's the approach I think we need moving forward so a um, couple of things what are a couple of key takeaways people can expect from from the summit you know they all have their specialties and it's it was neat to put them all together and so you know you get the you get the the best well-rounded perspective of all of these different things that i need to be covering but it's so it's not just this one thing it's 
it's everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, you know, a lot of people aren't even aware that there's such thing as a, as a naturopathic oncologist doctor, a, a naturopathic doctor who has chosen to specialize in cancer that they, 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 you know, that title tends to be more on the integrative working with conventional medicine side of the fence. And if you are going through conventional, you know, there are these people that are literal experts in all of the different supplements that you can, you can take in conjunction with, in conjunction with all the different types, you know, whether you're talking about radiation or all the different types of chemotherapy or even immunotherapy or the, you know, the new checkpoint inhibitors, the targeted therapy, um, you know, they, they can walk you through the, 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 the best way to go about those. And um, yeah. And so I, I've got a lot of the folks on there that, you know, are the ones giving the keynote presentations at those conferences. Um, so you can, and you can kind of tell the difference, like a lot of them are used to just presenting to doctors and, and having like, you know, slide PowerPoints and stuff like that. And I encourage that. I say, you know, if, if I don't say two words, this whole interview, and it's just you giving a presentation, you, you just made my job easy. And, uh, and a lot of them did just that. It was like, you know, me asking a couple of questions at the end, like, like a conference would be. And, and so it was really neat. It's a, it's a really diverse cast of characters on there. I, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's key. Open-mindedness, you know, diversity and really expanding our, our plethora of knowledge in, in all these different areas. I mean, that's, that's what it takes, you know. Cancer's complex, but at the same time, um, it's also quite simple, you know. It's, <laughs> uh, it's complex and simple. It's a, uh, it's a paradox, but, um, but I love that you've put together all these incredible people. We have a link for our audience tuning in. We have a link um, uh, we'll send you. You'll see it next to this video where you can sign up for the summit for free. I encourage you to do that. Um, if you're catching this later, after the summit, we'll have another link for you as well. You could uh, sign up for future summits and or the summit uh, recordings ongoing. So take a look for that as well. Definitely encourage you to, to check it out. Um, wrapping up, I have a final question for you. Looking back at the beginning of this journey, what, what would you have changed? If you had to do it all over again and pray to God, you don't ever have to, <laughs> but if you, if you had to do it all over again, if anything, what are some key things you would have changed early on or done differently? I yeah. That's, you know, the, the big one is, is pretty easy for me to, um, you know, to spot. And that's from a caregiver perspective, self-care. Uh, you know, I was, I was just joking with you that, you know, before we started recording this, that, that I haven't gotten a full night's sleep in, um, you know, probably since the five years since Ryder was diagnosed, you know, first for the cancer, just trying to research all that I could. And then, you know, trying to make a, a business work on the side of a day job and all that. But, um, you know, it, that being said, there's a difference between not getting as much sleep as you could um, and still taking really good care of yourself and like being really mentally well and, and just like having, having a, a wellness attitude about you versus what we were doing that first year was, um, you know, we, we always joke that we looked more like the cancer patients than Ryder did when, uh, you know, when we look at those pictures, because it was, he was the one getting all the juice and supplements and all that. And it was almost like this weird thing where, you know, and again, this is just, it's wrong. And it was, 
us not doing as good of a job as we could early on. But, um, you know, this weird thing where like, if, if one ounce of effort went into ourselves that wasn't going into our kid, then that was something that we were like, you know, morally doing wrong. We were doing wrong by our kid. And uh, so, you know, it was like me not shaving for weeks on end and barely eating anything. And it's not like we weren't eating, like we weren't eating bad food. We were still eating organic food, but just, you know, sparse and, you know, not the most nourishing stuff that we could have been eating and, and all this stuff. So, you know, and, and we did come to that, that realization about, about maybe a little less than a year in that we could be doing better by rider for, by taking care of ourselves. Um, and so, you know, I, I started working out again, I started going for runs again and started, like, you know, like I said, still uh, maybe not getting a whole, as much sleep as I should, but getting more sleep. Um, but just, you know, ourselves to some of the supplements that we were giving rider and just making that mental flip more than anything. So that was, you know, that was, that was probably the big one is, you know, and, and that can be applied to a, you know, someone going through cancer themselves as well as it's, you know, there's uh you get wrapped, especially when you start researching all this stuff, you can get just completely wrapped up in the, you know, the go, go, go of it all and trying to fit as much as you can in and, uh, and, you know, by all means fit as much as you can in, but do it in, uh, you know, a productive way. That's where like having a schedule came in for us that was, was really huge is, you know, we started mapping out exactly when he was going to take his supplements and when we were going to get out for a walk and when we were you like, I, you know, we want to get out in the woods because that's, you know, the, the whole ton of research on just getting out of the woods. So I want to make sure to get that on the calendar and the sauna and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it took a lot of like the mental stress of it all off once we sat down and actually like kind of mapped out our week, so to speak. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then just, just on top of that, just not letting, you know, cause that's, you, you got plenty of people on here, I'm sure talking about just purely the mental connection and the energetic, you know, side of it, which we didn't really get into here, but I mean, that's, you know, that was huge for us just wanting to, uh, like, like I said earlier, just, you know, keep, keep the best possible, you know, energy of, of our surroundings of us, um so yeah it's you know you got to kind of tell yourself to keep that you know <laughs> man you give yourself like set a little reminder on your phone even if you have to like am i am i stressing about this whole thing or am i am i in a good place yeah just whatever you got to do yeah i can imagine i mean as a caregiver you don't want to be taking care of someone and then yourself get a diagnosis as well right from stressing you know over things and eating poorly and not sleeping enough and all that stuff so it's that's so awesome that you shared that because self-care can seem selfish, but it's absolutely not. It's probably, you know, the most important thing you can do for the person you love, because if you're energized, you're feeling good, you're thinking good, you're eating good, then you're going to share that energy and that vitality with the person you're trying to help. So, yep. Yeah. I'll even, you know, it's, I came to the realization that it's actually selfish to be in that, you know, that mindset that I just described before we made the switch, because then you are making it about like, even like not, obviously I wasn't saying poor me. Um, it was all about writer, but at the same time, you are kind of making it about yourself. If you're like, you know, completely depriving yourself of all this stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of this weird thing that you do have to, you do have to get over. Yeah. 
Well, it's awesome, Ryan. I uh, really appreciate you being here and sharing, man, all your experience, your journey, and the things you've learned, the wisdom you've gained. Um, I want to share your website with people tuning in. It's thesternmethod.com. We'll have that link uh, on the website as well. And we'll have a link um, for you to uh, check out the, the summit. So take a look at that. And um, yeah, just again, Ryan, appreciate you so much, man. And uh, congratulate you for getting this far in the journey. And I know you still have probably a, a little ways to go, but it sounds like you're definitely on the right track. That's for sure. That's for sure, Nathan. I appreciate, uh, appreciate what you're doing and, and uh, for, for including us in it. It's, uh, it's Thank you for listening to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and share this on social media. Then head over to NathanCrane.com for your free ebook. So when we're talking about, you know, what are these underlying causes and conditions of these chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, they all have very similar, if not identical causes. And that's the thing is when we get to the root cause of these diseases, we can not only prevent these diseases from ever happening, but empower our bodies to heal from them. In every one of our cells, we have tens and hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions that are happening every second that are cycling uh, back and forth. It's like sort of a, a yin and yang. And you know, for me, the soul, soul's purpose is evolution. It doesn't care about comfort, it cares about evolution. Mm. And so I think so long as we are following our soul, then we will.